It's time for JT the Brick. I love you, JT. You're a very honest person, and you have never shied away from the truth. Here we go again. Do it. Do it. All hands on deck. I'm coming to get you. Bring the energy that I bring. Do something. Get out of the soft zone. I won't waste your time. Your time is valuable to me. I don't hold back on anything. We're doing our job. As I often say, Raider Nation Unite, this would be a good time to pretend you're all in. Man, do I sound Mr. Wonderful and optimistic, huh? JT the Brick. I'm done with. We got to clean it up. Done. Clean it up is over. It's put up or shut up week. There are no rules here. Bobby insists no rules. That's kind of a hostile work environment for me. Is it too soft? I'm salty. I'm pissed off. But I want to see some violence. The wolves are at the door. This is it. You got me? This is it. Let's stop this. Let's get to work and do your job. And now. Let's go. Here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT. Good to have you today. Thanks for listening on the flagship of the Silver and Black Raider Nation Radio. 920 on the AM dial in Vegas. More importantly, the mobile app of the Raiders where you can hear the show all around the globe. As you know, we've taken a call in the last two weeks from London. Australia has checked in on the show. We had a guest from Australia. We get a lot of people listening to this on the streaming device. And we appreciate that as we open up the show. We got a lot to get to today as the Combine is front and center. Q Myers will join us from the Combine. Our program director comes on every day uh, right after this show ends, and he'll join us live from there. My podcast partner, Tom Looney, makes a return to the show because of what LeBron James did last night. Yo, there will be a heavy, heavy LeBron James show today. Just letting everybody know, I'm not talking about young men running around in shorts who are not going to make the Raiders. I'm not. I'm going to talk about quarterbacks, 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 and the 13th pick overall. I am not talking about young men running around doing cone drills who will never play for the Raiders, even if they have a good cone drill. So I'm not going to do any of that because I think I don't want to waste your time. I'd rather talk about LeBron having one of the greatest moments in the history of the NBA last night ever. I'll get to that in the monologue brought to you by PTs. They fuel the monologue. They got a bunch of big happy hours. There's 14,000 people in town from Australia from National Rugby League, and they're going to PTs. They like good beer. And I like it half price, 5 to 7, midnight to 2. I'll also be down on the 3rd Street stage, the main stage tonight on Fremont Street at about 5 p.m. 5.30 as I get a chance to interview the coaches and the captains of this great rugby league that's in town here. That'll be aired on Fox Sports 1, and it'll be played at Allegiant Stadium on Saturday and Sunday. Also, tomorrow we have Ty Gibbs on. Ty Gibbs is the grandson of Joe Gibbs. He came in 10th in Atlanta. He's 21 years old, and he's racing a stock car at 200 miles an hour. Takes balls. And his grandfather's Joe Gibbs, so we'll talk to him tomorrow over at the track, and I'll be at the track out on Sunday. Uh, What we've been talking about all week are the quarterbacks. That topic is open. I don't want the Raider fans to snooze or hibernate in the offseason. I don't want you to. Some of you do. And a lot of you do it in June and July. When then we got to come up with the topic. And really inside story yesterday, last summer we hit a big home run. We saw it with the streaming and our engagements. We came up with the all-time Raiders team. The all-time Raiders team on radio, not Raiders. It wasn't associated with the team. It was associated with us. And we had tremendous success. We talked to players at every position from Marcus Allen to Tim Brown. We had them all on. Phil Villapiano, Fred Bolitnikoff, and we built the all-time Raiders team. Trying to figure out what we're going to do this summer, and Bobby came up with a good idea. Maybe we go with the top 10 
greatest Raider games ever played. I was like, ooh, that's a good one. Top 10 Raider games ever played, and we stretch it out. We massage it. We keep it going for about three weeks. So, you know, we take it number 10. I don't know. Sea of Hands is top five. Heidi game. The tuck rule went the other way, but it was a big game. The Immaculate Deception. Uh, the Rich Gannon AFC Championship win over the Titans. There's a lot of games to go through. You know many more of them than I do if you're a diehard Raider fan. And also, we came up with the Raiders' top 10 rivals of all time. And that was a good one, too, because there are rivals with the Raiders, including the 49ers, the Battle of the Bay. Remember the Battle of the Bay? The, the Brick Bowl? That's a rival. Patriots are a rival in a big way. Steelers. We went down the list, and we tried to put it through. We're not just doing AFC West stuff. Who are the Raiders' top rivals? One, the NFL. The NFL was a rival of the Raiders and commissioners. There might be a commissioner or two that sneaks in there. So we're building summertime programming already as we get this extra day, Bobby, in February, February 29th. We get the extra day here, and as I had a nice walk and workout today, I said to my wife, I'm going to take advantage of this extra day we get in February as we open up the show today. But quarterbacks are still the hot topic today. If there's anything that's going to change, I don't think there's anything going to change by tomorrow. But the quarterback situation with the Raiders, I'm going to dive into it more tomorrow. But, man, I'm getting a little bit of pushback on Russell Wilson. I'm dealing with those same Raider fans who kick my ass on Twitter anytime I say anything that they don't like. So they're kicking me like a donkey, kicking backwards, saying, did he, did he say Russell Wilson? I said, yeah, let me clarify it at the, at the veteran minimum. I got guys now who are, like, trying to convince me Gardner Minshew is the bridge guy. Gardner Minshew. He always, all he does is beat the Raiders. Might as well come and join the Raiders. He looks like a Raider. And then Jaden Daniels. Everybody wants to get Jaden Daniels, who Mel Kuyper Jr. yesterday said he'll go number two instead of number three. If Jaden Daniels is going number two, everybody, bye-bye. If you go number two, that's a three-first-round pick, dude. Uh, if he drops to number three, I think you can get Jaden Daniels for two first-rounders. Maybe you throw in a little Hunter Renfro on the side. You do something, whatever you can do. But uh, Jaden Daniels... More and more people are looking at Drake May and Jaden Daniels wondering who's going to be number two. And Caleb Williams, who's at the Combine. I don't know of anybody who wouldn't take Caleb Williams number one. I really don't. I think you should be locked up and thrown in NFL Twitter jail if you can't come to grips with Caleb Williams going number one. And I think that's going to happen. So over the next couple of days here, which is today and tomorrow, uh, any content that you want to talk about with the Raiders, I gave you everything I got. Again, I'm not going to talk about a cornerback in the third round. He will not be there. And if he is there, who cares? We got a week leading up to the draft. The combine is about the quarterback, Antonio Pierce's comments, Tom Telesco getting to know the shape of the Raider room, what the Raiders need to do there. And then maybe, yeah, maybe there's a couple of badass defensive tackles or a right tackle that you like a lot. I got all their names in front of me. Uh, jump on in here and show us you're a fired-up Raider fan here in the offseason. This is the true offseason, but the Combine gives us a little bit to talk about. 702-365-9200. This story just broke uh, this afternoon. It's huge. Jerry Jones, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, a judge has upheld the decision that Jerry Jones 
has to take a paternity test as part of a legal dispute with a 27-year-old woman who says the billionaire is the biological father of her child. Whoa! A Texas judge on Wednesday rejected an appeal from Jones on a 2022 ruling in a paternity case brought by Alexander Davis, who previously alleged in a separate lawsuit that she was uh, conceived from a relationship Jones had with her mother in the mid-90s. So this isn't Jerry having a kid last year. This is about a gal that was born in the mid-90s, and she wants some of that Dallas money. As the great philosopher Randy Moss once said, straight cash homie. And she might deserve it. I don't know. I don't know how this plays out here, what Jerry Jones was doing back in the day. Attorneys for Jerry Jones are challenging the constitutionality of the Texas law that would compel generic testing of Jones. So this is pretty interesting. Now, remember, here's why this is the story. Cynthia Davis uh, reached with Jones two years after she was born in agreement. The 1998 settlement allegedly said Jones would support them financially as long as they publicly wouldn't say that he was Alexandra's father, something the married owner of the Cowboys has denied. That's the type of news you don't want if you're Jerry Jones. I mean, it's nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, having a kid out of wedlock happens all the time in society. Uh, but this is an NFL offseason story that is number two trending at ESPN today as Jerry is at the combine there. This isn't his son, Stephen Jones. This is Jerry at that age there. So that's a Jerry Jones story uh, from today. One other NFL story that I wanted to hit on here in the monologue is other teams are trying to figure out what they're going to do. The Chiefs are in a really interesting spot. Their owner, Clark Hunt, got a, a really low grade from the NFL players' survey. He got an awful grade in the F category. And who cares? If your owner, Mark Davis, is a very generous man, longtime friend, very generous man. What Mark Davis does that you don't know about is incredible. And what Clark Hunt does that you don't know about is also pretty incredible. But the Chiefs here now got terrible grades for a lot of things that are happening now in regards to their organization. The stadium, I don't want to call Kansas City Stadium a dump. It's Arrowhead. But it's one of the older stadiums there. It's had a couple of little rehabs going. Their practice facility is nothing to write home about. No one looks at that practice facility and says it's great. But the issue, did you see it? I tweeted out today, Bobby. It's incredible. I can't stop looking at it. The owner of the Chiefs, Mr. Hunt, has a suite, just like you have a luxury box, and you see the owner sitting in the suite. Behind him, in Arrowhead Stadium, is a three-story home in Arrowhead. So when you see him in the suite... If you, you got to look at it on Twitter, I tweet. I can't stop looking at it. When you when you you only see in, when they show you the suite, them sitting in the suite with their cokes and hot dogs. Behind them is a living room, and then behind that is a giant wooden staircase that goes to another story. Beds and everything. <laughs> it's in, kitchen, incredible. I mean, I've been in Mark Davis's suite. It's pretty nice, but it's not a three-story home. So everybody in Kansas City, I reached out to my buddy who's a sports talk producer there. He goes, oh, yeah, everybody wants to get in now. I go, what do they do during the game? You can take a nap. The chef, you can go up into the bedroom. It's incredible, but the Chiefs got a really bad grade. They ranked 31st in the NFL, the second lowest grade. Ahead of only who? 
the Washington Commanders at the end of Daniel Snyder. In the second annual report card that ranks teams according to various categories, the Kansas City Chiefs, more than 1,700 players are voted in this. There's only 1,300 last year, and the NFL Players Association released that yesterday. The top two teams in the overall survey were the same as last year. Uh, the Dolphins finishing ahead of the Vikings for player treatment, travel, hotel, accommodations on the road. The Chiefs ranking stands out, particularly since Andy Reid ranked first overall among all 32 teams' coaches. The Raiders ranked last, 32nd out of 32nd, Josh McDaniels. So remember, Josh McDaniels' players, players in the survey, went out there and told what they thought of Josh McDaniels. And that's why the Raiders came in last, which kind of changes your overall weighted grade. Clark Hunt, the owner of the Chiefs, ranked last out of 32 team owners. How's that possible? They won back-to-back Super Bowls and are going for a three-peat. The grades were based on what players perceived as the willingness to invest in the team's facilities. The Chiefs ranked 26th in food, cafeteria, 31st in nutrition and diets, 31st in the training room, and dead last in the training staff. So the Chiefs stand out because they ranked so poorly, but they ended up winning the Super Bowl. And the biggest criticism that the Chief players had was that they had no stools. They, they had, excuse me, stools instead of actual chairs in the locker room. If you go into the Raider locker room, they have these black chairs with the Raider emblem embroidered where your head is, swiveled chairs. Unbelievable, right? It's incredible what the Raiders' locker room looks like. These guys have stools, four-legged stools they sit on. Travis Kelsey, Mahomes, they don't sit on a big chair. Maybe Mahomes bought one for everybody in the locker room. Chiefs players also said they were promised after 2022 that the locker room would be renovated, but it wasn't. It wasn't. How do you not renovate the locker room in Kansas City after winning back-to-back Super Bowls, or at least winning one going into another? But another bunch of teams ranked really low. The good news about the Raiders here when it came to the workout room, the facility, top grades. I mean, amazing. Mark Davis had a high ranking as an owner because he treats his players in a good way. For example, in this column, the Las Vegas Raiders dropped from third last year to ninth mainly because of Josh McDaniels. So if it was Antonio Pierce getting a B-plus, the Raiders would rank overall in the top three. Josh McDaniels' weighted, weighted score of 32 took the Raiders to ninth overall because they were dead last in the coaching category. According to ESPN.com, the Raiders had one of the best facilities in the league. Ranking in the top five in categories such as weight room, locker room, training room, and cafeteria, but ranked 32nd in head coach category, which dropped their overall grade. I don't think anybody cares about that. I don't think anybody cares. Why am I bringing this up about the Chiefs? Because the Chiefs owner is getting trashed by the Chiefs players. Remember, this is a survey that the players do when they're sitting in their lackluster cafeteria, in their lackluster weight room, they're talking amongst themselves. Uh, Travel's the big thing, too. Some teams still require some of the younger players to room together in the hotel the night before the game. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers offer player the option to buy out their roommate for $17.50 a year. So you're a second-year player. You don't want a roommate. You pay your team 
This is how cheap Tampa Bay is. You pay the Bucks seventeen fifty, and you get your own room on the road. And and the Bucks take your money as a player there because that costs money. But the Dolphins, according to everybody in this survey, were in a class of their own. Well ahead of the Packers, they also jumped up to number three from number seven because Stephen Ross is a real estate developer and the stadium is unbelievable. The facility is amazing. Everything he does is five-star. I always bring up Stephen Ross because he's the only owner who abstained and didn't vote for the Raiders. Didn't abstain. He voted for the Raiders against the Raiders to come to Vegas. I think the... I believe it was 31-1, to 1, and the Dolphins uh, were jealous of the Raiders coming to Vegas. So that's part of the monologue as we open up the show, and that's another topic on how great, you know, when you look at this survey, it doesn't have the impact that I thought it would have on having players come to Vegas. And that, to me, is a little bit disappointing, but I'm not shocked by it now because we've had multiple, multiple general managers, right? Mike Mayock, Dave Ziegler, multiple coaches— John Gruden, Josh McDaniels. So there's been a lot of turnover here for the Raiders. And there's got to be some stability so more players want to play here. Look, players are going to play in Vegas because they get paid. They're going to love the facility. They're going to love the lifestyle. But they're going to want to get paid. And this is a topic today. I'm just surprised that Clark Hunt is dead last. And this isn't fake news. The, The chief players here know that they're going to play for that team to win, not to have a great cafeteria. That's that's my big takeaway and how they travel overall. I tweeted out a picture humbly of my AFC championship ring that I got voted on, voted on, and was told I was getting one, one of six who got it after the Raiders lost the Super Bowl. And that ring costs more than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Super Bowl ring because it has diamonds that Al Davis insisted on and the Buccaneers had, I think, white gold. And they didn't have the diamonds. So some teams... Or more generous than others, and other teams are just a little bit cheaper. Last thing, last night, last night, I watched the Laker game. My son was getting on a red-eye flight to go to the Combine today. His best friend and someone he's working with now, Jaden Hicks from Bishop Gorman, is running the 40, and my son is loyal and got on a red-eye to Indy to go watch him run. I'm really proud of my son for doing that. that. That is just a great character trait of my son, to do that, that's the business he's in now. And I had the Laker game on. And I always fire up Twitter when I shouldn't. You know, Twitter could be dangerous, especially when I'm having cervezas. And last night I had the Twitter all loaded up. And it was going to be a trash the Lakers tweet. Like the Lakers, and I know what the tweet was. The Lakers have a 5% chance to win the title. They're awful. I didn't send out the tweet because LeBron hit a three. I said, ooh. It was 15 points, now it's down to 12. Last night, LeBron James had one of the greatest performances by an NBA player who's ever lived. He led a Laker comeback, which turned out to be the greatest comeback in Laker history since LeBron James was drafted by the Cleveland Cavaliers, and he's in his 21st year. I sat there and watched on in amazement as LeBron James started hitting three after three after three. I couldn't believe LeBron started going to the rim with this driving layup there. He started to attack, attack, attack during the comeback. James now on the other end. Driving on Powell. Attacking Powell. Big shot goes. Lakers within five. 
He was incredible. He put the team on his back. And then they just got out of the way for LeBron. LeBron was taking a lot of threes. He was telegraphing them. It was the only way that the Lakers could get back into the game. Out near the timeline. The Clipper logo. Down by five. LeBron, four and a half to play. Let's fly again. He's got it. Unreal. He's putting on a show tonight. He put on a show. That's Lakers television on the call. It was one of the greatest games I've seen. I'm not making this up. I'm not exaggerating, everybody. I couldn't believe it. What What are the odds on a Wednesday night against the Clippers that I'm watching history being made? In his 21-year career, that was LeBron's greatest fourth-quarter comeback, according to ESPN stats and information. He single-handedly outscored the Clippers 19-16 to in the final quarter, including hitting five of eight from three, four assists to close it out. And it was just an amazing moment in his career. He had uh, three threes in the first 13-13 of the fourth quarter to get him back into the game. It was just amazing to watch overall. I was blown away. Final call as the Lakers came from behind with one of the best wins I've seen. Here we go. It's Leonard. Short. Lakers going to win the game. Lakers with Reddish finishing it off. What a comeback win for the Purple and Gold. Unbelievable. It's all used to. They win the season series. They win the game. They're now 32-28. and 28. That's Lakers TV. Also, LeBron not only outscored them, he, covered, he guarded Kawhi Leonard. So here's the topic today, one of the topics. I already gave you three. Michael Jordan could never do this. Ever. Michael Jordan did not play 21 years. Michael Jordan physically could not do this. Could not. Because he didn't. Michael Jordan took two years off to play baseball in Birmingham where he couldn't hit a curveball. LeBron James is on the path once again last night to be the greatest basketball player of all time, eclipsing Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan could not play NBA basketball out of high school. He got cut from his high school team at one point. LeBron went from high school to the NBA. LeBron has lapped Michael Jordan, lapped him like a sprinter in track and field running the mile. He lapped him going around with rebounds, assists, scoring, everything that Michael Jordan did well. Jordan was a better defender, no debate. Jordan was 6-0 in the NBA Finals a whole bunch of other times. He didn't go to the NBA Finals. No Jordan apologist ever brings up that point. You know, Joe Montana didn't go to 11 Super Bowls, but he won all the Super Bowls he went to. Tom Brady lost a number of Super Bowls. He lost two to Eli Manning. So we, when you look at the greatest of all time in any sport, a big part of it is longevity. You're not going to win every year. You might miss a year like Tom Brady did with a knee injury. You know, you could have that. What LeBron James did last night is proving to me again that he has a very good chance to eclipse Jordan and be the greatest of all time. Because I know for a fact Jordan never did what I saw last night. Jordan didn't play 21 years. Jordan couldn't play 21 years. Hey, the last year Jordan played with the Wizards, he didn't miss a game. That's pretty cool. But he didn't play at the level LeBron did, and LeBron's got two or three more years left. If you don't believe that LeBron can surpass Jordan, then you're just a Jordan homer. Then you're just a Jordan homer, and you just won't look at you won't look at the entire printout of the data that is in front of me. 
It's laughable what he's doing now, what LeBron did last night. He is bleeping brilliant. I never thought that he could play basketball at this level. How's he doing it is a pretty good topic today. Anybody got an idea on how he's doing it? I think the big way he's doing it is he's waiting for his son to get to the NBA, which might not happen because his son doesn't look like an NBA player to me. Hopefully he will. It'd be a great story. 702-365-9200. Those 24 minutes brought to you by our great friends at Resorts World, where we were there last night at Junior's. Really quick, Bobby. Junior's, the unbelievable, legendary New York and Los Angeles delicatessen. They opened it up right off the front lobby. The best shakes, chocolate, vanilla shakes you'll ever have in your life. They had corned beef, which was fantastic. Chicken tenders, the cake. They're famous for their cheesecake. The place is amazing. You have to go there for lunch or dinner. Junior's. Inside Resorts World was fabulous last night. Andrew, Paul, and I, who works with me here, we went there last night for the grand opening, saw a lot of cool people. The Raiderettes were there to help welcome juniors into Resorts World, and I was blown away. The food was incredible. The atmosphere was great. They had a Frank Sinatra singer singing. They have a beautiful wall of Jackie Robinson. It was just fantastic. I've always known about juniors, but I didn't think we'd have one here in Las Vegas. Congratulations to our partners at Resorts World for last night at juniors. Man, I'm going back. That's a great place to get lunch, have a meeting there, uh, taste all their great sandwiches, all their desserts. And again, if you, if you like a chocolate or vanilla shake, second to none. Tremendous day yesterday. My podcast partner, Tom Looney, is going to join us in a bit. Coming up on LeBron versus Jordan. Yeah, I'm doing it today. Why not? And more on the writers and their needs from the Combine. Let's get rolling today. Let's wake people up on the flagship of the Silver and Black. seconds from game seven or from championship number six. Jordan open. Chicago with the lead. Timeout Utah. 5.2 seconds left. Michael Jordan running on fumes with 45 points. That may have been. Who knows what will unfold in the next several months. But that may have been the last shot Michael Jordan will ever take in the NBA. Bob Costas on the call back on NBC. Bob Costas in the news this week. Go, you can go Google that. I'm not going to get into it on the show. We're talking LeBron James today. Uh, I'm not a Combine show. Uh, all shows that are at the Combine have more interest and have uh, people to talk to at the Combine. I'm talking LeBron today. And I'm talking the Raiders. So this is a big city. This is a big show. We've been doing this a long time. I would hope one NBA fan, one NBA fan would call in on LeBron James on our super successful sports talk show that isn't a combine show today. What LeBron James did last night. I don't know any other way to say it. This is an important day. We have to talk LeBron because I do a sports talk show in Vegas long before I did a Raiders show. So what LeBron did last night stopped the world for me. It did. It stopped the world. I was in shock. I went to Twitter. I said, I can't believe that. So I'm not Skip Bayless, and I don't do fake debates where Skip says, you say that, and I'll act like I'm going to punch you, and I'll yell at you. We don't do that on this show. But no doubt in my mind, I believe, I believe 
that LeBron James will pass Michael Jordan as the greatest of all time because of his longevity. Not because he'll have six rings and he lost rings along the way. Not because of that. Not because of Jordan's brand with Nike is bigger than LeBron's. I just look at stats. I look at numbers. And I think that the Hall of Fame and life is about stats. Now, Jim Brown only played nine years in the NFL. He only played nine years, and he led, Jim Brown led the NFL in rushing eight of the nine years and retired as the MVP in his prime because he was on the set of The Dirty Dozen, and they wanted him to come back, and he said, the hell with you. I'm making movies. I'm going to make movies with Raquel Welch, and I'm going to make money. So he walked away. And I think you could say that Jim Brown did not win as much as Emmett Smith and does, has nowhere near the stats of Emmett Smith, but Jim Brown's better than Emmett Smith. I don't think you can no longer say Jordan's automatic over LeBron because we know our mind doesn't lie to us. What we saw last night, we can prove statistically that Jordan couldn't do. And Jordan missed two years to play uh, baseball. And Jordan wasn't talented enough to go from high school to the NBA, which LeBron did easily. So there's a lot of things that LeBron has done, fact, that Jordan could never do. But you Jordan guys don't give him any credit for that. Tom Looney does, and we fought over this topic. He's in Los Angeles. Our podcast is back for another year. JT and Looney, wherever you download your podcast. And we were texting last night, kind of like Wilbon and Kornheiser, when they're watching the game at night. And you started trolling the Clipper fans in the fourth quarter because even if they won, you knew that that would be on the Mount Rushmore of Clipper fans winning a regular season game against the Lakers. Nothing is more important, and that's too bad. Nothing is more important to Clipper fans than beating the Lakers. What else is important to them? The playoffs? They have no history of the playoffs. They don't have anything to do with the playoffs. Championships are not their thing. Beating the Lakers has always been their thing for Clippers fans, and that's what that's why our hearts and prayers went out to Clipper <laughs> fans last night. You just made another analogy about Emmett Smith. When you talk about the greats of all time, does anybody ever talk about Michael Jordan on the Wizards? No. Or Emmett Smith on the Cardinals? No. Johnny Football on the Hamilton Tiger Cats? No. Right? Well, we're going to be able to talk about LeBron and the last team he played for, but you're not going to be able to talk about Tim Tebow with the Jets or Kenny Stabler with the Saints since we're with a Raiders station here. No. And we don't talk about Michael Jordan with the Wizards. Will we talk about LeBron with the Lakers? Yes, that's something that Michael can't uh, you know can't match. Yeah, in Michael Jordan's last two years with the Wizards, two thousand one, two thousand two, two thousand two, two thousand three, Jordan played sixty games and averaged twenty two point nine. And in his final year, he played every game, which is a tremendous legacy point for Jordan. That's amazing. He played eighty two games. He averaged twenty points. 20 points, which is pretty good because he's, he's always averaged over 20, and that was important to him. He didn't have 19.5. But, Tom, as I watched the game last night, I just watched the, the strength of LeBron, and he's not historically a great three-point shooter. He was knocking down threes. He was dunking while guarding Kawhi Leonard and stopping Kawhi to come back and win the game. And Jordan was a better defender than LeBron. But Jordan didn't have what LeBron has in the tank anywhere near LeBron at this stage of LeBron's career. Never at the end of Jordan's career. That's fair. It's also fair to note that we forget as human beings to 
check the grass when it's green and enjoy it rather mm. than be joyless and trying to compare to the guy we grew up with. Or All those years we were on the air together, I used to point out how America's crime rates were at record lows. And people thought I had some kind of agenda. I was just going by the stats. But because people don't think of the grass being green right now. You don't be joyless and try to worry that your guy from your era, not you, JT, but you know, people of a certain age, that somebody is better than your guy. Just enjoy that he might be. And you know, people do that with music. You go back in the hot tub time machine when we were little boys listening to Larry King late night on the radio, JT. Maybe not you, but me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you were looking at your Farrah Fawcett poster. Yes. I was listening to Larry King. And, uh, and Larry used to say, no one will ever sing better than Mel Torme, right? <laughs> when he talked about any, he could talk about anything on earth except music. And so could you imagine if you said that out loud in a bar right now, nobody ever will ever sing better than Mel Torme. People like to think that the music of their lifetime and the athletes of their, or uh, the, the music of their youth and the athletes of their youth were the best ever. But times change and people get better. Tom Looney joins us. Our podcast is ready for download. JT and Looney, wherever you download your podcast. The other big thing, uh, we've debated this and talked about it forever, everybody does, is that no one gives LeBron credit for going to the NBA Finals with the only good player he had was Booby Gibson. He had no one. He went, <laughs> he went to the NBA Finals and lost, but he got yep. credit for going to the NBA Finals. There were years Jordan didn't get to the NBA Finals, and no one rips Jordan for that. Like, Jordan gets a pass. He went. He played a long career. He went to six finals. Six. He won them all. What about all the other years where he didn't get to the finals? He didn't win the Eastern Conference Finals when LeBron did. How come we don't give LeBron credit for that more than Jordan and, and give Jordan a pass? And that's really important what you're saying because also the pressure. LeBron was under a lot more pressure than Michael Jordan because LeBron, because we knew who he was in high school. And they were putting his high school games on ESPN. And with young people who do stupid things, I say it from personal experience, in their teens and 20s, our brains aren't fully developed and our testosterone is really high, and we do really stupid things. He was able to stay disciplined and focused. And he still has the same girlfriend who became his wife from high school. Same Mm. friends. You and I like that. Same friends. And uh, you read all these memes now about success. It says, dump your friends. LeBron didn't do that. Same friends, you know, same woman, stayed out of trouble. We love to point out when athletes get in trouble and get arrested, which is kind of normal for people in their teens and 20s anyway. God, he's amazing. Let's enjoy it. Yeah, you make an interesting point about Tiger Woods for me and Jack Nicklaus. Tiger Woods has been pulled over for DUI and thought he was in California when he was in Florida. Tiger Woods, uh, his wife, he broke up his family. His wife, Elon, didn't break up the family. Tiger did because of all the affairs he had. And, and Tiger has made so many personal mistakes again, and he's lucky to be alive. And we look at Jack. Jack's lived this prestigious life. And I'm sure there's some things about Jack that we don't know about. He's been married to Barbara his whole life. And Jack is the pinnacle of a champion. And people still want to have the argument that Tiger was more dominant than Jack. And I think that's the fair comparison with the Michael Jordan fans thinking that he's better than LeBron. He was more dominant than LeBron. He was better than LeBron in the clutch. LeBron disappeared against Dirk Nowitzki in an NBA Finals, and no one will ever forget that, that LeBron couldn't carry 
a below-average team that he got to the finals over Dirk Nowitzki and do what Jordan did. And I'll agree with that. But how come every other year that LeBron laps him in rebounds, assists, points, he's the all-time points leader, he's going to continue to break that record, why doesn't that matter as much with LeBron with Jordan, because in other sports, Bonds cheated. He knowingly cheated to pass Willie Mays, Babe Ruth, and Henry Aaron. And there are still some Bonds apologists who live down there in San Francisco and say, no, 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 everybody was on steroids. No, they weren't. No, they weren't. Bonds was on Balco, and it was obvious, and there are still apologists that stand by their legends and never give up. Is that fair? That is so funny. Well, you're asking me if that's fair. That was a longer question than about Fidel Castro. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't. I'm, I usually don't ask long questions. That's something I pride on. But it's you. But it's you. I'm sorry. There's, there's a lot to unwrap there. But I will tell you this: one thing that people forget that I learned from you, and people need to learn from the show. And that's what's fun is when you tune in and you're learning and not being lectured to, or people are using jargon over your head. The number one why Tiger didn't lap. Jack Nicholas, going back to the early part of your filibuster. <laughs> the number one reason why Tiger didn't laugh Jack Nicholas is Oprah Winfrey told women to go check his golf bag for a burner phone. Yeah. And Tiger Woods' wife went and checked that golf bag for a burner phone. And then all hell broke loose. Wrapping it up with Tom Looney. <laughs> Here's what I have to deal with. This is what I deal with every day on my Twitter. This comes in from Dan. He just tweeted. Say hi to Looney. LeBron would have never lasted or been as good in the 80s and 90s with the likes of the Celtics, Pistons, Lakers, Sixers, and other teams of that era. Way more physical in MJ's time than today's game. MJ is the GOAT no matter how long LeBron plays. LeBron is the most physically gifted, strongest basketball player (laughs) I've ever seen. But I have to deal with this guy who thinks that LeBron James would have been thrown to the ground like he was a wallflower and just tossed to the side of the gutter. I have to deal with that in my job every day. Do you know how much more physical LeBron James is than Michael Jordan and Michael Jordan's greatest? LeBron would have been the biggest player on the court. Yes. <laughs> and other, other than in the 80s, other than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, other than a couple of giraffes out there, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and a couple of others, Manute Bowl. But uh, Manute Bowl weighed 180 pounds. <laughs> So, yeah, LeBron would have uh, would have been fine in any era, but that's, you know, when you're running out of an argument for a player being uh, as great as he is, uh, you know, people find a joyless, nostalgic way to then hopscotch and make analogies about different eras, which is fun, fun bar conversation, fun sports talk conversation. But uh, enjoy, don't be joyless like people were with Kobe when he was, at the top of his game, worried that uh, he was better than Daddy LeBron, da- Daddy Michael. Uh, it's uh, just to just enjoy it. Just enjoy LeBron rather than uh, you know taking a look at Lincoln and noticing the wart on his face and forgetting to thank him for the union. Last one is this is a tough one. I didn't prep you on this. I didn't send it to you in a three-hour pre-show meeting with bagels and locks. <laughs> uh, here's the, is there anything LeBron James can do to surpass Michael Jordan? when it comes to the Jordan lovers and ass-kissers? Is there anything left that LeBron can do to surpass Michael Jordan? No, it's like trying to... No, because it's nostalgia. It's yeah, like it's nostalgia. It's somebody... Right, like 
trying to convince somebody who loves Dada Life and Electro Pop that 38 <laughs> Special was better. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to work. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. I know you're newsboy today. Have fun on the news. You're a big news guy in L.A., but uh, great to talk to you on the radio as we'll talk again on the podcast. Okay, see ya. Tom Looney, one of my best friends and one of my best partners, and uh, he's on the podcast with me every week. So that's all I wanted to talk about today. This is... This is something that I wouldn't have talked about unless LeBron had the game that I saw last night. If LeBron did not have the game that I saw last night, I would still think LeBron could catch Jordan and have an unbelievable career and be number two all time. You know, and I talked to Chris in West Oakland, and he thinks Kareem's the greatest of all time, which is a fair argument. It's a really fair argument, but I just know what I saw last night was something that Jordan could never do. Never. 21 years, he didn't play 21 years. If he did play 21 years, he couldn't do what LeBron did in the fourth quarter last night. It'd be impossible. 702-365-9200. Mitch in New Jersey. Go ahead, Mitch. JT, how you doing? Uh, JT, how are you? Good, good Mitch. Thank you. Man, he killed my Clippers. Nah, maybe it'd be next year. But I think he's the second best. I put my head of joy. I think a world's the best. Mm-hmm. What, what what LeBron's doing, he could have played two sports. I hope he can play just as long as uh, Tom Brady did. Better shape, better, he's a mm-hmm. better athlete than Tom Brady, but, you know, he's the greatest quarterback. And maybe he'll play with his youngest son, Bryce. Bryce, I think he's got more talent than Bronny. I hope it happens. Yeah, he's not going to play around. He's not going to wait for his second son. He can't do that. Thanks for the call, Mitch. Thanks for making sure I wasn't shut out, Mitch, in hour number one. I apologize to everybody for talking LeBron James for 20 minutes. I'll get back to talking about young men running around in shorts who will never play for the Raiders. Let's go. LeBron James deserves the credit he deserves on Sports Talk Radio today. I think that Jordan is the greatest competitor and greatest clutch player to ever play in the NBA. But Bill Russell won 11 titles. Jordan only won six. Did we forget about Russell? Mitch just talked about Will Chamberlain who was much more dominant. When anybody ever compares Shaq, I laugh. Shaq's a friend of the show. We've had Shaq in this studio. Shaq was nowhere near the player Will Chamberlain was. Shaq didn't average 50 points and 25 rebounds. So you got to look at longevity in sports. you got to go back in the hot tub time machine and remember who came before who. And LeBron played, you know, Kobe played closer to Jordan, and Kobe was a great comparison to Jordan. Kobe won five, Jordan won six. LeBron's got four, but Michael played with Pippen. If you took Pippen away from Jordan, Michael might have won three. He had Pippen. No one gives Pippen the credit. Kobe played with Shaq. Shaq played with Kobe. Bird played with McHale and Parrish. He played with great players. My guy Patrick Ewing played with no one. My guy Patrick Ewing should have had championships. He didn't play with anybody. Played with Charles Smith and John Starks. I mean, come on. But LeBron's played with a large group of players, and LeBron is the face of the NBA. And last night, I thought, was one of his greatest games of all time. 702-365-9200. Q will join us from the Combine at 105. He'll get he'll fire up the machine, which is never turned off. And we'll get his opinion on some of the players, other than the quarterbacks who they've been talking to yesterday and today. As our flagship coverage of the Combine comes to you live from Indy, On the flagship of the Silver and Black, this is Raider Nation Radio.
nothing else matters besides my family. Um, and obviously, I'm going to dedicate this um, you know, the season because you know, to Bronny because of um, you know, the incident that happened this summer. And, and you know, understanding that it just puts everything in perspective. And no matter what's going on um, you know, in your life at that point in time, that the only thing that matters is your family. Um, so um, to see what he had to go through um, or what he's been through over the last few months, you know, it's been a, it's been a lot. Um, I can only imagine how it's been for him, because uh, it's been a lot for me. It's been a lot for our family. Um, but the man above definitely has given us a lot of strength, and has given Brian the strength to to bounce back. All right, there you go, LeBron uh, talking about his son, Bronny, who had a scare with his heart issue. I never thought. I never watched a lot of Bronny play. Played a lot of AAU. Played a lot of AAU here in Vegas. But I didn't think he was an NBA player. Doesn't look to be an NBA player to me. The Ball brothers, you know, Lonzo Ball, if you look at those brothers who play, they're really good NBA players when they're healthy. When they're healthy, but they're in the league. So I think LeBron is going to wait around till his son could make it or not. The, the thing that I was going to tweet last night, Bobby, which I didn't, was watching the Lakers get boat raced by the Clippers. They have no chance, the Lakers, to win the title. Let's be honest. They're not going to win the title. They're going to be an eight or nine seed. And if they get healthy, because the rest of the NBA doesn't try hard in the regular season. But if you're a three or four seed and you're not trying hard, but you're, you know you're good. You're a three or four seed. Like Denver, right? You got Oklahoma City playing great in Minnesota. We all know that the Nuggets are better than Minnesota and Oklahoma City. So they'll flip the switch. Can the Lakers and the Warriors flip the switch at 9, 10, or 8 and get into the play-in playoffs and win the title? No chance in hell. But what LeBron showed me last night is that he could go out on top if he leaves the Lakers, he has a better chance to win his final title, which will get him to five, in Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City's unbelievable. Shea Gilgris Alexander, the big man. They got a really good team. You imagine if they added LeBron, and LeBron said this. This is the most important point. I'll play for free. I want to play one more year. I'm only going to play, say, two. My final year, I want to play for the Wolves. I want to play, not for Boston. You can't do that if you're LeBron. You can't go to Boston. But if LeBron goes, final year, I can go to Dallas with Luka. Final year, I can go to Phoenix. I could go to Philly. All right, and then he can win. Why not? Jordan, at the end of his career, went to the Wizards with no intention on winning. He just went there for longevity because he wanted to play. So I think the exit strategy, most of the time, I would think it would be nuts to say that LeBron would go to Oklahoma City. He got a better chance to win in there than the Lakers. All right, one hour down. Uh, next hour, Q will join us from Indianapolis. Also, my buddy Zig Fricasi. Biggest hockey game of the year on paper for Vegas is tonight. Vegas Golden Knights at the Boston Bruins. And the Bruins are already lining up for this game. They won Vegas bad. It's going to be a fun conversation with Zig. Zig.